Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to Save Your Sanity Livestream Podcast. I'm Dr. Rupert Shaler. I'm delighted that you're here. I hope you found value in other podcast episodes of mine and that brought you here. And we always have some great conversations here, so I'm looking forward to another one tonight. And tonight, if you are wanting to support us, you'd like to see this broadcast be sustained and demonstrate that you found value and are grateful for it, please go to patreon.com slash save your sanity. Patreon.com slash save your sanity. You can pledge a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, or a hundred thousand dollars a month. It all helps to make sure that all these things can stay on the air for you. So if you want to find me, you know where to find me at forrelationshiphelp.com. And tonight I want to talk about something that just happens far too frequently, far, far too frequently. And that is pouting narcissistic partners. And we need to recognize and handle these petulant children in adult bodies. (laughs) And I know that if you've been following my podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about, that you're looking at an adult who is behaving like a petulant or tantruming small child. Not only is it disappointing that you don't have a partner who's a fully functioning, willing participant in emotional maturity, but then you have to deal with these petulant, pouting behaviors And that's just seemingly an ongoing thing you have to do. Now, you know that I created the term hijackle because we can't diagnose people. They're not my clients. I can't diagnose them. They're not your clients. You can't diagnose them. And we needed a term to be able to talk about the patterns, traits, cycles, behaviors of these relentlessly difficult people. So I created and trademarked the term hijackles, as most of you know. And my definition of a hijackle is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. And that's what's happening when the hijackle in your life, whether it's a parent or a partner, a sibling, a friend, person in the next cubicle, somebody that you have to work with, when they start behaving like that petulant child, you have to deal with it on some level. You need to be able to handle the hijackals. And what happens with hijackals is that they that they have some confusing behaviors because they confuse their desire for something with their right to have it. 
So because of their upbringing and things I'm going to talk to you about today, you will notice and you will recognize when I give it a name that they have this innate desire for something that is hooked into this absolute entitlement that they should have it. And if you don't produce it or you don't give it to them willingly, they pout. Now, really overt narcissistic people, they will be more likely to rage. But there's a lot of pouting that also goes on. And so it's important for us to realize that they have this confusion going on within them. And, you know, I was interested in doing some research to talk with you today. And I read this from Jeffrey Kluger, who wrote The Narcissist Next Door. And he said, the idea that desire equals license is something that comes factory loaded in all of us and is the reason babies are not just sad or disappointed when they're denied something, but downright furious. And as I read that, I thought, operant word, babies, right? (laughs) Because it's a developmental stage that we go through because these developmental stages, of course, you know, we're growing, we're learning. First of all, we can't do anything for ourselves at all. And so developmental stages are different than ages. As we need to survive, we are quite narcissistic. Babies are narcissistic. They cry when they don't get their own way. Little children have tantrums because they want to survive. It's basic to their desire to survive. And of course, There's more going on than that, but we can leave it at that for today. And that becomes very important for us to be able to, to recognize because for children, narcissistic behaviors lead to survival, but that's healthiest ending with childhood. That narcissistic behavior, that egocentric behavior, meaning that the child needs a whole lot going on that they can draw in to thrive and survive, that is something that we learn our way out of as we learn to collaborate and co-create and cooperate. And uh, that's the healthy unfolding of that. But, you know, when you're with a hijackal, they can get quite fixated in those places, especially when they're not getting their way because of that problem with their idea that their desire for something is confused with their immediate right to have it. That kind of answers a whole lot, doesn't it? If we just think about that for a bit, that's what really bothers us is that just because they want it, they believe they have a right to have it, and then they think you should provide it. And if you don't, that's when we get the petulant pouting and the raging and the tantrums. So we need to know a little more about this, and then we need some ways to deal with this, because This whole business, hijackals, of course, number one reason for getting up in the morning is to win in every moment with every person in every circumstance. They need to come out on top. They need to be the one who's right. They need to be the one who knows more. You know, they love words like most and biggest and greatest and, and, um, you know, all the superlatives in the world are not enough for a hijackal. Everything has to be the greatest. 
of course, that means they are the greatest too. And that's the way the behaviors run. That's how you begin to know because they have to win at all times. And so hijackals are only kind of partial adults. And you can see that clearly in their behavior, but you may not have thought about it just like that. They're kind of partial adults. And how do we know that? Well, they they make choices. They the choices that they make often demonstrate their immaturity. They don't like parenting very much when it has responsibility attached to it. They don't like being an adult in that circumstance because they like the kids to like them or fear them, but they, they're not much interested in raising them and really understanding the consequences of each day because even with their children, they have to win every moment. And hijackals also, they... They have difficulties being this partial adult. Like, Why should they get a job? Why should they have to support people? Why should they have to pay the bills? Some of them don't even learn to drive. Why should they learn to drive when somebody else can drive them around? This partial adult business. When it's convenient, they want to claim being an adult, but they do not behave as adults all the time. I had so many people in my group on Facebook, it's called Optimized Life After Emotional Abuse, but they will say, you know, this person that I was involved with, they would tell me that I didn't earn enough money, that I should get a second job. And they would be sitting on the couch playing video games and they wouldn't even lift a finger in the household, but they would make all these demands about what their partner should be doing for them. Now, that's not even a partial adult. But just think of what it takes to get involved in that and to honestly try and meet that person's demands. We can go awfully sideways when we fall in love and we are endeavoring to collaborate with somebody. And then it kind of drifts off into a very unequal place. And you know, I'm always talking about episode 115 because every single human I think needs to listen to it. But if there's no equity, no equitability, there is no equality in a relationship, we have a fundamental foundation missing. So if someone is sitting on the couch playing video games and telling you you don't make enough money or you don't keep the house clean enough and you're going to work all day and they're just sitting there making amends, there is a basic big problem, right? And I know how people drift into that and they get ho hopeful that the person will change. That's a topic for another day. But today we're talking about these pouting, petulant children and adult bodies and they are partial adults. So maybe they don't get a job. Maybe they don't pay bills. Maybe they don't manage finances well. Maybe they spend all the money in the first moment that they have it, and then they just can't figure out where it all went. Another thing that hijackles do is they can't sustain friendships. You know, adults sustain friendships, but partial adults don't. You know, I was talking with a client not long ago, and he was telling me about his, his ex-wife who you know, she'd burn some bridges in the community and then she'd come to him and say, we need to move. I don't like these people anymore. 
And so she would just continue to do that because she couldn't sustain friendships and it was never her fault. And so she would say, we have to move. These people are awful. And yet she was the one who was burning the bridges because she couldn't sustain a relationship. And they don't play nicely with others. They don't collaborate or cooperate or co-create well, as I said earlier. And they, they don't have that ability or willingness to extend themselves in the direction of another human. They won't go that extra mile for somebody else unless they desperately want something for a hot minute. And so it's important to notice that as well. And they want to be taken care of. In fact, they demand that you take care of them. Well, that's what babies do. They demand that you take care of them because they have to. They can't move around. They can't buy food. They can't do any of that. But an adult hijackal can, needs to, maybe won't. And that's when we have to get our thinking straightened out. How we slid a little bit into caretaking and enabling somebody who's a partial adult, hoping they'll become an adult? Maybe so. And these hijackals, they feel entitled. Now, of course, some of them earn lots and lots of money, are really good with finances, and then they won't give you any money, and they take care of all the finances. And then they tell you that you should make do with what they allow you to have. And they hold the finances over your head all the time. I even had a client whose husband gave her systematically less money every month for the family. There were two teenagers and mother and father. And when she said that's not enough money to buy food, he said, you don't manage very well. And every month he systematically gave her less money. So she had to prevail upon friends and family to feed her child. Now, that's just childish power over. So hijackals are these partial adults, and sometimes they just play the poor victim. I never get a break. Nobody ever lets me do what I want to do. Nobody knows what I really want. Nobody knows who I really am. It's okay. I shouldn't expect anything more. I did an episode recently on identifying covert narcissists, so if that sounds familiar to you, go and listen to that one. So... Back to the idea of children, they get away with narcissistic behaviors because that's what they're supposed to be going through, because it leads to that survival, as I mentioned. And and so they play and they learn and they learn that they can walk away from the playground and they learn that sometimes other people leave them at the playground and sometimes they get sent away from the playground because nobody wants to play with them. And that's really important to know. But then sometimes hijackals, they get petulant like a a spoiled or rejected child used to getting their own way, and then they'll lie and cheat to get their way because they have to win at everything. And they may extend it to being antisocial. They may be more than just narcissistic. All antisocial people are are narcissistic, but they may extend it because antisocial means that they have a disregard for or a willingness to deliberately violate the rights of others. So if you have a garden variety hijackal, they may not do that in that way. But if there's an upgrade or a downgrade, which is what it really is, to antisocial behavior, they will have a disregard. They will deliberately 
take things from you, not care what you need or want. In fact, they get a little joy in doing that. And that's really, really sad. And so their lack of empathy shows up at that point. The only time they're empathetic is when they're love bombing you. They're trying to read you like a book. They're trying to give you the idea that they know you better than you know yourself. If anybody ever says that to you, I know you better than you know yourself and they're not your therapist, run. Because if a person thinks they know you better than you know yourself, unless you're in some kind of terrible mental health distress, they may be gaslighting you. And you know, hijackals like to gaslight you. So they'll say things like that. They'll tell you that they know you better than they than you know yourself. They'll tell you that they know better for you, too. And you know, if you're if you want to be in a cooperative partnership in the beginning, you'll go along with it, of course. It's a healthy thing to do. Really? What do you think I should do? And you think that you're building up a relationship that is collaborative and consultative and that you can go to each other and say, what do you think? But no, they're looking for power over you, which is a whole other matter. And so their lack of empathy shows up and they may have also a lack of conscience. They don't feel badly when they hurt you. They don't feel badly when you're upset. They don't feel badly when you're crying. They just don't. You know, a long time ago, back in the day when we called children who had some kinds of difficulties emotionally disturbed just that long ago, um, I worked in a home for emotionally disturbed children. I was doing research there. And I remember meeting my first child. We don't diagnose children with personality disorders, but I remember meeting my first child that I went, oh, oh my goodness, whatever is going to happen to this child, I don't think this can be fixed. And it was a young boy, he was seven years old, and he he did things like he would go and string up cats and light them on fire, and he would destroy things, and he would grin with that hijackal smirk, you know, look what I did, I have power. If you ever see that hijackal smirk and the power over it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So they're lacking in this empathy. They're lacking in conscience. And if they're antisocial, then they're lacking in conscience. You know, that's a very unhealthy and unsafe situation. And you don't want to be in that situation. It goes way before, be, beyond being petulant children. Way, way beyond it. And then, of course, we have an additional piece to put in there that it's not just empathy or conscience they're missing, but maybe they're passive-aggressive. Now, all hijackals are passive-aggressive to a degree, but not all hijack are not all passive-aggressive people are hijackals. Some people just learn to avoid conflict by being passive-aggressive. Some people are procrastinators because they're not motivated. I've written three books on passive aggression, so just go to Amazon, put my name in, and passive aggression, and you'll find them. But there are these things that we need to know, and passive aggression is a component when we're dealing with hijackals and something that we have to know and have to remember. And also, 
don't let's forget the tantrums and rages because these are very important pieces that we start to see in the petulant child behavior, the pouting child behavior, the I want it, therefore you have to give it to me behavior. Are these familiar to you? Are you beginning to feel that in a relationship that you have had or you currently have, that there are these components where there is this entitled demand that because I want it, you have to give it to me and you're a bad person if you don't. And they play on you with the FOG, you know. I've talked about the FOG acronym before. It was created by Susan Forward in a book called Emotional Blackmail. Hijackles traffic in FOG. What it stands for is fear, obligation, and guilt. They absolutely traffic in that. And it's really awful. But in passive aggression, you know, they're procrastinating and they're lying to deflect and detract. And they're all promise and no delivery. And then we have the rages. I don't get what I want. It's You watch an adult human emotionally doing the equivalent of lying down on the supermarket floor, banging their feet, yelling and screaming, I want the Skittles, right? It's very, very unappealing. And then they wonder why you don't want to have any intimacy with them in the bedroom. Well, who wants to have intimacy with a child? And if you do, you're watching the wrong program. (laughs) So let's talk now about the six first steps to handling petulant hijackles, because we need to know what can we first do. Yes, we need lots of refinements on this. We need to go deeper. We need to go more. We need to think more deeply about it, perhaps. And each individual relationship may be slightly different. It will have different components. Length of time you've been together, the severity of the hijackal behaviors, whether there are children involved, who's running what and who's doing what to whom and all those pieces in the history. But I want to give you six very general ways for handling specifically this, the pouting, petulant, hijackal. So when they are exhibiting these behaviors, these partial adult childlike behaviors, we need some clear guidelines because you could get awfully muddy in that fog. So number one, We need to step back and get some perspective. We've just got to step back and take ourselves out of the equation and see the situation. Be able to have a look at, look at the behaviors, their behaviors unattached to your feelings. Just get some perspective on how they behave, how they speak to you, how they end conversations, how they begin conversations, whether they rage or not, whether they pout or not, whether they make demands or not, whether they're behaving in an entitled way. So if you can take yourself out of the equation for a moment, don't worry, he'll get back in, but take yourself out of the equation for a moment and observe that behavior. Okay, what's the look on their face? How is their body posture? Does it remind you of childlike behavior? How frequently does it happen? In response to what is it most likely to happen? Is it most of the time if they don't get their own way or are there only specific things? 
step back and observe the hijackal and not see yourself in the picture. That's the first step, is just to observe as though you were looking at somebody through a window that they didn't know you were watching them. Just watch them doing their life. Get some perspective. And number two is, surprise, surprise, have a look at their parents. How are they treating their parents? What did they say about their parents? And how did their parents treat them? Do they go running to their parents for validation when you don't give them what they want? Because that's a pattern that says, well, mommy and daddy will give it to me. I'll go back and make mommy and daddy give it to me if you won't give it to me. So you need to observe how they are with their parents. Now, many times you'll find that a hijackal has a hijackal parent, but you'll also find that a hijackal has been able to be demanding and gotten away with being demanding with their parents and behaving in a very entitled way, or they were spoiled and never had to do anything, and now they wonder why you think they should do something. So the second thing is to observe the parental household they came from and think about that from looking at it through a window. What do you think about that? Would you like to join that family? Yes, you're in it, but (laughs) would you like to join it if you had the option to have a look at it knowing what you know now? Because these are the ways that you are going to begin to get a more objective view of what's really going on. So step back and get the perspective. Secondly, look through the window at the parenting that they came from and the home and how they behave with their parents. Number three is to reflect on how the hijackal treats you on a day-to-day basis, not how you wish they would or how you're engaged with hoping you could help them do it or hoping that they would go back to love bombing you as they did in the beginning. The person that you're seeing now that's not love bombing you, that's the real person. So it's very important for you to, again, detach from your feelings and just observe. Observe your partner or your parent, whomever it is that you're looking at tonight and today, and and say, I'm observing this person. Would I recommend to my best friend that they date them? Would I think they were a good choice for the person I really care about in my life? You know, we're trying to get some perspective here. If you see them behaving like a petulant child, would you recommend them for a date with somebody? No, it's a good question. Just take yourself out of the equation and see if that partner would be a good one for anybody. Okay, number four. Ask yourself, how do I rationalize and justify and make excuses for their behavior? Now you're putting yourself back in the picture. How do I justify the behavior? How do I make excuses for the other person's behavior? How do I rationalize it? Do I have some stock phrases that I use in my head all the time? Like, oh, they had a difficult childhood. Or, oh, they're they're really under stress right now. And maybe you're just worn down and torn down. And you just can't even be bothered with dealing with the behavior anymore. So you just go, oh, there they go again. But have a look. 
Are you rationalizing or justifying their behavior? Is there some way that you're working hard at making their behavior okay? I know it's a hard look at yourself, but it's an important one. A very, very important one. And number five, recognize your part in the pattern. Because in order for something to change, you have to see it as it is. And you are participating in the pattern. And maybe you do it to keep the peace and for all good reasons. It's not about there not being good reasons to do this. But it's very important to do it with consciousness, to know what you're doing, to see what you're doing, to know why, to know what you can fix, what you need to fix, what you could hope would fix, or what you need to walk away from. It's very, very important. So you need to recognize your part in the process and in the pattern and to see if you're enabling it. Are you in some way condoning it? And then the last step is to get some help to clarify your boundaries, to understand your feelings, to, to know what you want, what's okay with you and what's not okay with you, and to practice giving it voice, to get some communication skills that you feel empowered by and you feel confident in using that will allow you to make appropriate approximations of boundaries you know many times when i'm working with my clients and i have clients all over the world and uh, it's easy to be my client if you want to um but it's very important to realize that you have engaged with this person to the degree that you may not feel empowered to set boundaries so every relationship being different i work with my clients to see okay which small way can we start having a boundary? How can we try it out? Which language will work in order to have the best shot at it working in this particular relationship? And then we try it and we tweak it. And all the while, my client is getting more empowered and more confident that there is a way and that they deserve to take up space and draw breath on this earth. And they are not going to be run roughshod over. And they are not in this world to take care of a partial adult who will not take care of themselves. Yet demands that you take care of them. No, 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 no. That's not your job. And it will never be your job. And I hope it's not a job that you've signed up for. <laughs> because you may need some more skills and I'm happy to help you with the skills. So I hope this has helped because seeing this petulant pouting child, sometimes you just go, oh, I don't know what to do. And if it's a repeated pattern, it can get very, very tiring. So I just wanted to share those things with you today. You know, if you are watching here on YouTube. My channel is for relationship help. If you are listening to the podcast, it's at Save Your Sanity Podcast. And if you'd like to work with me, of course, go to beaclient.com and you can start beaclient.com is for new clients. And if you want more information, go to forrelationshiphelp.com. I hope this has been useful for you. I hope that you will begin to say, oh, I'm not stuck with this. There are always ways 
Yes, sometimes the extreme is you just have to leave. But that's not the first step unless unless there's physical or sexual abuse. Yes, you leave. But if there isn't, let's get empowered. Let's have skills, strategies, all of that in place before you make a decision to leave so that you would leave empowered or you will find out what's possible in that relationship and take care of it in that way. I'm Dr. Rupert Shaler. I look forward to talking with you soon. And until we speak again, take really good care of yourself because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast and my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon. 